Like I'm crashing after world championships, creatively low-key in a rut right now. Was like, this was hard to film this podcast today. Ultimately, the mission is to, you know, help track and field become main mainstream, uh, bring up our people while we're at it. And I think by bringing up our people, I think it's going to bring up all people. Honestly, congratulations to Sean Bronson. Oh, for real. People do hate on him, but I, I, I'm a Sean Bronson fan. The well, she hasn't done. She hasn't broken 47 in the 400. Break 47 in the 400. Yes. You think she can run 46? If anybody bro. can do it, Sydney McLaughlin. 46, man. bro. I feel like one day we're gonna get in trouble for what we talking about on here. But uh, you feel me? We just <laughs> the revolution will be televised. You feel me? But I, we hey, just talking from the heart. We just talking from the heart. We just care about the, the sport. I'm Joshua Potts, Mr. Possible, always with the brother with the same mother, Aaron Potts, Super Hot Potts, and you're watching and listening to your favorite two black runners 100 times. Let's go. Every single two black, two What's up? Number 100. I'm back, baby. I'm alive. <laughs> I survived. Let's the go. Return. Let's go. Man, bro. I'm sorry. I'm but, sorry, y'all, man. I had to make up for that. Yeah, I was out at Worlds for a little bit. I didn't get to get to yell my two black Tuesday, so I had to get it in right now, bro. Yeah, the last two podcasts, you haven't got to see Aaron yells to like Tuesday. We've been holding it off. The last two have been bonus episodes that our last Under Armour podcast and then our track and field media roundtable. And then now is our official 100th episode. I think we Crazy. actually have like 104 episodes like in total on uh, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and everything like that. But that's besides the point. This is officially episode 100 of the Two Black Runners podcast. That's that's pretty incredible. That's pretty incredible, hey. bro. Like, yeah, no, so, sit sit on for a second. Like, it's wild that we've done a hundred of these. Like, for real, no, for real. Wait, before we still do that though, can I can I just say straight up a uh, shout out to Colin Track World News. Hold held it down. Shout out to Tierra. Shout out T. Shout out happy Anderson. 24th. Yo, happy birthday, T. Uh, shout out, shout out y'all for filling in. You know what I mean? That podcast y'all did with was dope it was inspiring to to hear all of your goals and all your intakes from worlds but appreciate y'all you know just coming in holding it down and shout out to everybody shout out shout out keith i need to hit you back shout out liz though for everybody checking in <laughs> on me yeah checking in on me when i had covid and i was down and stuff but i appreciate y'all appreciate the love and then as always, because I wasn't on that that last podcast for those that listened when everyone was reflecting on Worlds, just shout out to like all the people we saw at Worlds that was coming up to us, you know, just showing us love, saying what's up, everything. Hey, there was a good amount of y'all out there, bro. Like for real, that that really meant a lot. Like I think we do got we do got a lot of people like listening from just the Oregon area in general. But like I met a dude like from Connecticut, a dude from like Texas. A lady like from Massachusetts, like shout out to all of y'all that came up to us right. during Worlds and just like said what's up for a second. Like that was that was dope, bro. Like that was dope to just feel that energy and just be like, dang, we actually doing something. We ain't just talking to microphones 
100 times throughout the past three years. Like now, like we make an impact and y'all listen to us and be able to recognize us. Like, that's cool, man. That's that's cool. So appreciate that so much. And just any other time you guys see us, bro, like no problem. Say what's up to us. Like talk us, talk your ear off for us for a little bit. I know we'd be running around doing a lot of stuff, though. But at any time you guys say what's up or anything like that. Bro, shout out Dan Davison, bro. Shout out Dan Davison, bro. Dan Davison, hit us up on the Venmo. Hit us up <laughs> on the Venmo, bro. We ain't, I don't even, we don't even be on here asking for Venmo. We don't even put our Venmo out there like this. And this man found our Venmo, had faith that it was us. And I'm not going to say how much he gave us, but he hooked it up fat, like crazy, <laughs> bro. Like straight up. Dan, I'm sorry. I texted you. We were trying to meet up with you. I got COVID, bro. I got COVID, but on top of that, it was just freaking a lot of going on, man. So sorry, sorry I couldn't meet up with you, but bro, truly do appreciate you, dog. Like that's crazy. Well, he did he, he did he DM'd me first. Remember, he DM'd me first. He didn't just find like oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that was okay, bro. But I appreciate you, bro. Like that was I couldn't believe that. Like that's crazy bro so definitely we gotta meet we gotta shoot bro dan dm me like i'm gonna send you my shirt bro i'm sending him my two black runner shirt bro <laughs> he need that he needs some. he need to hold on to something bro like straight up bro but aaron how you feeling bro 100 episodes in well just for for you guys know like this episode's gonna be kind of for the real ones uh kind of just like uh talking a little bit about diamond league monaco coming up sean bronson signing with ucla some other stuff in track and field but most most importantly we just want to sit back and talk about episode 100 like i think it's a crazy accomplishment a lot of things have happened since these past 100 episodes and we just want to talk it out a little bit we haven't got to really talk like this in a, in a couple weeks like two weeks because aaron was sick and everything like that so just be back on but aaron how are you feeling just 100 episode ends coming off of covid like how you doing bro you good you, you test negative I'm good. I'm good bro yeah i'm negative for show no more covid this is the best i felt in in a while so finally getting back on a normal schedule but 100 episodes in like like i feel like i just said it all like really i just feel grateful i feel blessed for the opportunities that have came our i feel blessed for the opportunities that have came our way and continue to come our way there's still a lot more that i want to be able to do uh with the platform that we have and there's a lot of different things i want to grow hone in on focus on but the opportunities continue to come to us and what i like what i like most of, about what we do is you know i friendly i need to say this more but i feel like when we first started i always used to talk about how like we have the best supporters we have the real the real ones you know what i'm saying like we have the best, like we might not have 10K uh, followers on Instagram. We got on YouTube, might have, might have, might not have the most followers on Instagram and these platforms, but we have the realest ones. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah. that hasn't like, that hasn't pigeonholed our opportunities at all. And then, so I think that says a lot about what we're doing. It's not just about like getting like the guests on. It's the things that we're talking about. It's the way we're talking about things. and. I feel like we are actually um, inspiring, empowering people. You know what I mean? And ultimate, ultimately, like I want to be able to bless others too at some point. More so, hopefully, you know, maybe I, we already have through what we do. But I'm just grateful. I'm just grateful for everything, you know. And I get it to come on here and just like 
you know, I get to just talk and be me every week. It's a good outlet, to be honest. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you, bro. I I would say for me, I want to ask you a question too. But I would say for you, for me, like I have like three feelings right now. For one, like I'm super grateful. Like this is an incredible experience from starting the vlog back in 2017 to doing a podcast with you in 2022. It's, I wouldn't have even really thought about that, but hey, like God took us here, and I'm loving the journey. Also, I'm very tired right now. Like I am crashing after world championships creatively low-key in a rut right now. Was like this was hard to film this podcast today, but I got a run in with the with the with the North Oak fam a little while ago and I feel better after that run. But yeah, I am in like a creative rut at the moment after world championships. But let's try to pick things up. But then also like being in the creative rut, being tired, but like I'm so hungry, like. I'm like so hungry just for what we can do next. Like, honestly, like I, I'm just hungry for what we can do next as two black runners. And what I was telling these, I was talking to some people earlier about talking about our track and field media roundtable, And they're saying they really liked it and like how honest and open we were just about talking from like the media side and being young and everything like that and being hungry. But like, I was like, when I think more about that podcast and everything, I'm all like, dang, bro, were we a little too honest in this? Like, in a way, like, were we, you know, like, we really like peeled back the curtain, like a lot about our platforms. But I think what's really cool about where we are right now in track and field, because we're not, we're not NBC or anything like that. Or like, we're not on the front page of like track and field being plastered on your TV. Like, these are, this is like, um, this is what's this this is on the streets you know what i mean like this is in the background of everything like the real ones the real ones that love track and field like they know about this and like i feel like we are a part of by we're letting people in to the revolution that track and field is trying to make this sport better like i feel like the entire athletics community running community is in a revolution right now is in an uprise to make this sport better and to make this sport bigger. And I think by doing those track and field media roundtables, by doing this, just talking about like the culture of track, because we don't just talk about running news every single time. Like we, a lot of times just talk about the culture of track and we talk about the perspectives and everything. I feel like that, di di uh, that, that differs us like from a lot of different podcasts. Like we are letting people into the revolution. I think it makes people feel a part of the revolution. And that's why, like, I'm just super hungry, but I'm also tired. But then on top of that, I'm super, like, enormously grateful for all the opportunities that we've gotten. Like, it's been crazy, Aaron. No, definitely. I think that's a big part of, a big part of, um, you know, letting people behind the scenes and, yeah, making them feel a part of the revolution is what part of what makes this platform special, but it's part of what makes track and field special because you're, you're exhausted and you're tired, but at the same time, you know, as we continue to network with these people, like we're giving, as we rise, we wanna, we wanna continue to grow the seats at the table, especially as two black runners, you know, everyone you had on that platform, they were all black. And that's one thing I always wanted to create. I wanna create more black spaces. And like Allison Desir talks about that a lot. We'll have her on the podcast soon to talk about her book. But I want to create black spaces. Like when you go to the barbershop, the talking and everything. I want to we want I want to create spaces where 
people of color can walk into and feel comfortable and definitely in media for track and field a predominantly black sport like you know we we got to feel comfortable in those spaces you know what i mean and when you look at all of those top top athletes a lot of them are black too so we need those people there and like it doesn't always have to be two black runners like it could be it could be t it could be anderson it could be colin you know and it, i'm just excited to see all these other people grow and ultimately the mission is to you know help track and field become main, mainstream uh bring up our people while we're at it and i think by bringing up our people i think it's going to bring up all people i think it starts with i think it starts with black people to be honest but i think that i've always the reason i wanted that podcast to happen is because like i want people to feel a part of the journey like right now in that group i'm the old head you know i'm about to turn 28 like Y'all are twenty. Anderson's older than you. Bro. Oh, I forgot about Anderson. Let's go. Bro, That's why we homies. On, but I'm saying, like, a lot of y'all are like 22, 24, 25. Like, bro, that's that's young, bro. That's very that's that's young. And those people, like, y'all are not leaving the sport anytime soon. So people watching this podcast right now, they're gonna get to be able to see you. Imagine when you're 28, when T's 28. You know what I mean? Like you're gonna be a yeah. completely different person. Like shout out, shout out Dan. The reason why he connected with us, like he said, he felt like he was on a journey with us. And if you are listening to this podcast, you are on a journey with us. You're seeing how we like grow as grow into adults, into people. Like when we first started Definitely. this podcast, I was twenty. I was twenty six, I think. Be twenty six or twenty five. I'm about to I be twenty. 19. I'm about to be twenty. I'm about to be. 28 in in september bro i definitely have changed as a person a little bit i definitely have matured joshua was 19 bro this dude's 22 now so it's like all these people who are we we are close close with and have that share the similar energy with i want to expose y'all to them too because they're doing great things and they're gonna be in positions at some point in their careers doing something great and you're gonna be that person that discovered them on that podcast on YouTube. You're the, you're the day one, the real one. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. It's, it's, it's tight, man. It's tight. Dang, I was 19. Like only like the first two episodes, I was like 19 or three. Then I turned 20. So yeah, but that's that's crazy. But then Aaron, I want to ask you some of the questions uh, that you didn't get to answer when, when we're on the track and field meeting roundtable. I think that would be cool. I know we didn't talk about earlier. Okay. But also... Because like, I think what was really interesting and caused a lot of conversation, I think what T was saying on the track and field media roundtable, and like when I was proposing the question, just like, how are we going to maximize track and field? Like, we're talking about, we talk all this talk, we just talking about the past three minutes, making track and field mainstream, like building this revolution. Like, how are we going to do that? And like T made the point of, brother, like Allison Felix and Shelly Ann Frazier Price, and several other athletes, like big time athletes, like stars, people that have been in the minute sport for a minute, don't feel like their story is truly being told. Like that's that's not maximizing what we have in track and field. Like how are media yeah. are we gonna be able to maximize that, bro? That's definitely what's your opinion on it? That's definitely sad to hear to start off that Shelly Ann Fraser Price and Allison Felix don't feel like their stories are being told right and that's really sad because not only are they the biggest stars 
they're the biggest stars, but they've been in the game for a really, 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 really long time. Like, not I'm not trying to get yeah. on the age, but they've been on the game for a long time. And throughout this whole time, they've been in track and field. They couldn't find someone to tell their story correctly or their story hasn't been told in a way that they like in their whole entire career. Or they feel satisfied with Or that they feel satisfied with it. So that just that just tells me there's a lack of platforms out there for them. So I think it starts off like with stuff like that. It starts off like finding the right people to tell the right stories, you know. And even in that group, there's a collective like maybe Shelly Ann and T is the perfect person to tell our story. I see Anderson track and field uh, black news and final leg and what he's doing. I see and we go to the Malcolm Gladwell where they're talking to Tommy Smith and John Carlos. Boom, that's Anderson right there. Like that's the perfect person to tell that that story to, to teach us about our legends. You know what I mean? T's the perfect person to tell someone's story like Shelly Ann, who's more bubbly and fun. Track World News is the perfect person to get like that straight up reporting, you know, or like the Instagram live. So I think it's we have to have the right people doing these things. And I think we just have to have we have to find something outside of NBC. There has to be, I think eventually it's still like, we got to have like some central platform. I think Sidious Mag's doing a great job of what they're, they're doing, but we have to continue to have the right people telling, um, the, telling the right stories. We, the athlete has to be satisfied with how their story is being told and their story has to be told the right way for us to be able to maximize anything to, to start off yeah and as i was looking listening back to our podcast from last week and you mentioned it in nbc too like i feel like we were taking i feel like i don't want to be misconstrued that we're taking like a lot of shots at nbc but i like nbc nbc is cool for what they do like you feel me like i don't know bolden Sonny richard ross and lee duffy like they're they're a great team and everything lewis johnson i think he does he does cool with the interviews he does cool and i was looking like his interview with Sidney mclaughlin after a race got like 280k or something like that on youtube like it's, it's doing numbers it's doing numbers like when we were saying last week like they don't get the most attention but those interviews there's also several more interviews that like let's run flow track city is mad gets in the mix zone that go do even more numbers than well, that and more people can see from that type of platform. Yeah. But just off of that, Aaron, I just want to ask you too, because like that's sort of like the journalistic side of like um, of track and field media and everything. We got to see that. But like I asked the people on the round table, like, do you feel like you're a journalist in a way? Do you feel like you're I a journalist? That. And I think I'm kind of feeling like there's well, let me let me hear what you say first. Like, do you feel like you are a journalist and want to be like a journalist in that way? I don't know. Yeah. Before I answer that, I just want to say, yeah, like we're not hating on NBC. NBC only could do so much and they're working within what they have. But it's the in-between time. Like you said, like, what are we doing now since Sydney just ran that? What are we doing now to maximize that? And so we have to have these platforms to tell these stories in between these big races to keep people engaged and excited for what's coming next but do i feel like a comment do i feel like a journalist no i wouldn't say that like i'm a completely like a journalist and not saying like in a negative way i don't feel like that i would say i'm more of like a i'm a i'm a creator i'm a content creator bro i'm a track and field content creator because like for me like I feel like I'm just different, bro. Like I could do a live show. I could do a podcast. 
I could write something. I feel like I can produce in the background. So I feel like I'm like a creator commentator. And like, for me, I don't even know, I don't even know what it is exactly. It is like, what I want what I want to do with this. Like, I don't know well, if I just go with ahead. that though, you not feeling like a journalist. Does that mean that you shouldn't be in the mix zone or is there room for you in the mix zone? Like, cause a lot of people in the mix zone, like they journalists, like how Anderson was saying, they got a specific job. Like you need to get this, this, and that. And if you don't get that, you, you out, you feel me? The like, do you feel like that is a space for you? There's a space for you like that at the championships? Not really. Like the mix or zone wasn't, least. the mix zone wasn't created for, for me. It wasn't created for T. It wasn't created for me. It wasn't creating it for Anderson. It's that that area is created for everyone to huddle up and get in one spot and get their phone out and get that get that interview real quick. It wasn't created for people to come in there and get content. Like that honestly needs to be a whole separate section where people get their individual like content. Like that's not what the that's honestly like that's not what the mix zone is for. And that's why there's struggles within that going to it because they go through so many things but no i don't really feel like like not saying like oh like uh, i'm not trying to hate or whatever but i think we breaking a barrier with with the stuff that like the baton talk we did the first time at pre like that was game changing t being there asking the funny questions that that was game changing you know what i mean yeah, yeah. and that's like not the what the mix zone was created for bro like but i feel like i can be like I, I feel like I could be a journalist though. Like I could get in that bag. I could ask, you know, those report questions. Like if I had an assignment from uh runner's world or something, two black runners assignment from runner's world to get that boom, boom, boom. I can, I can do that. Like you can, I could do anything to be honest, but, <laughs> but like, I don't feel like that is what I, what I am. Cause we're more so going in there to create specific type of content for our platform, you know? Mm. So I don't know. I wouldn't really say the mix zone is 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 really built for that. And I don't know how you how you fit how you fit that in. Yeah. I'm sort of thinking now that uh there needs to be like like you said, I think there like a new a, a new barrier is kind of being built in a way in like running media. Like I'm almost thinking like social like it needs to be like a social media type space in a way. Like I think I think that definitely I hope like that can come into talks in some type of way because I think the content just definitely is is different because like, hey, like you said like the mix zone was created to get like to get journalists in there you know and like you're putting people like there's people in there that did TikToks you know that that solely just do TikToks that, yeah like, so like I, right. like I would love to see like and like if, if they're just stepping off the race and then like someone had a good time and then um I can't remember her last name, but Andy, she was in there. She was doing TikTok. She's going to like Louisville in the fall. Like she could do a TikTok dance with Grant Fisher or something. Like you know, like but there ain't there ain't really space for that. And that but that would be cool to see I think Grant there Fisher is. and Andy do a TikTok dance. I think there huh? is, bro. We just have to. I think there really is. I think yeah, there's no can, space yet. There's no. Space I think yet. that there. I think that we are creating that space and like shout out to the this people at usatf like y'all know who y'all are who ride with us maybe that's an idea we can pitch coming around next time pre or something but you know i think there can be because there's a section behind the scenes there's written press then there's a non-written press i think there can be a section along the way 
because what we do what t does takes 10 seconds you know what yes. i mean what anderson does takes about two minutes so there and then that dude from uh kieran from usatf they had him out there doing TikToks. imagine there was a section i think it would i personally think they should put it before everything like right oh, yeah, when they yeah, come yeah. down that could be like the first thing they go to and just like do something real quick on TikTok with everybody and then you could go over there like there just has to be i think they i think they should build a section for that because look at look at um you you said homie on youtube got 280k t getting a million yeah, you know what i mean facts. that's 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 numbers yeah so it's just like we got to put those people in position because that's how we're going to get the younger generation you know at least a little bit more involved yeah, I think that would definitely be dope. I think that could be, I hope those those talks are happening. If those talks aren't happening, maybe this will facilitate it. Hey, someone send this to Seth Go real quick. Keith, Keith, <laughs> send this out. Send this out, Keith. I know you're listening, bro. <laughs> I think that would I think that would be tight, but uh, I don't know. We're, yeah, yeah. I think that I think that would be tight. I feel like I feel like one day we're gonna get in trouble for what we're talking about on here. But uh, you feel me? We just <laughs> really the, the the revolution will be televised. You feel me? But hey, we hey, just talking from the heart. We just talking from the heart. We just care about the sport. And another thing we care about, I know Aaron, you care about two black runners and everything. And last question we asked everybody on the podcast was kind of just like where, and I I answered it too on there, but just where did you see two black runners last year during this time during the summer round? I, I guess this was like the Olympics last year, and um just how do we change since then and where do you see this going into this fall yeah like two black runners around this time last year did pre and everything it was exciting around this time last year to be honest because like yeah we were definitely on a high coming off prefontaine getting big guests and everything but coming to this time next year i was already thinking about how like we want to collaborate more and i was also thinking about how ways we could start making money you know because like at that time i was just funding a lot of stuff and that was a struggle but um yeah i was just like how can we make more money to go on to these go on to these trips and do stuff like that and like i don't know the focus wasn't really even the follower count for me like it was like collaborating and seeing what are the different types of things we can do and i feel like we did execute on that very well today not today but this year and i think we learned a lot about what we can offer to to brands and to people and events and different things that we can do and now that we know that like i mean i'm not a person that like like i don't think we we have to figure out exactly our branding and everything and marketing i'm super into marketing and that's my job and stuff but I'm also like, if you'll watch the social network, uh, the movie, like, um, if you remember in the beginning, Mark Zuckerberg, yeah, Mark Zuckerberg and his partner, Wait, hold on, bro. it's Mark Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg, whatever, he, the main character, him, and then his partner that he was doing it with, they go meet up with, uh, Justin Timberlake, who started, um, Napster, uh, Napster, right? And like, they were tripping like a lot like his his partner was tripping a lot because he was like bro like we need to start putting ads on facebook like right now and all this stuff and everything and like the dude from there in mark zuckerberger wasn't trying to do that like 
he wasn't trying to do that. And the reason why he wasn't trying to do that was because Timberlake was just like, bro, like you guys, he's like, you don't even know what you guys are yet. You could become bigger than what you are. And if you put that on there too quick, it's not cool no more. Now we started, you know, we call Sun out or everything, but I still feel like we haven't completely figured out what is two black runners, where are the services we could provide? What do we do? We know we have this podcast, but it's, we know that it's going to be bigger than that. So I feel like after this year, putting ourselves out there a little more in the first year, making the connections with all of the athletes and the people. We've been doing that for two years. You guys know what we're about, but we haven't put out everything that we do. So now after two years of just grind and work, we can really start to hone in and focus on what it is Two Black Runners is and what it is that we do. Um, But I definitely think like I'm all, you know, I'm going in right now, but like, it's just like track and field in a race, man. Like when you run the 15, like you just got to put yourself in the right position. So like this whole time we've been just putting ourselves in position. And then when the one last 150 comes, you're going to find out who we are. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think we've just been putting ourselves in position. You know what I mean? So when the time, when the time, when the time comes and is ready to kick, I think we're getting closer to the kick. We're about to wind up and we're about to win our first race. And then we're going to, you know, move on to the next race. But yeah. So Jake that, Whiteman with it? Jake Whiteman with it, man. Just, you know, Ingrid, who, who, Jacob, who? Like, come on, man. Man. That man told me uh, he did. He was like, remember when he was like, who are you? I was like, bro, who are you, <laughs> man? What? No, just kidding. <laughs> Yo. That was funny, though. That was <laughs> funny. So who are you? Uh, Jacob's cool though. Uh, but yeah, yeah bro, I'm hyped. I'm hyped for what's gonna come next. I think it's gonna be super exciting. Um, yeah, I think it's gonna be super exciting, bro. Like honestly, like I'm excited. I, like I said, I'm hungry, bro. I'm hungry. Like I probably just need to take a couple more naps this week, and then like I'll be ready to go. I'll be ready to go. It's also gonna be hard. I gotta take five five classes this next semester. So uh, we'll see how everything works out, but we're we going to be here. We, we ain't going nowhere. I can tell you that we definitely are not going nowhere. And it seems like track and field isn't going anywhere either, Aaron. Like world championships happen. It feels like the Super Bowl, but like more track is coming our way. And Diamond League Monaco is almost is about a little less than two weeks away from now. And that's going to be our next like super big big meet super stacked field especially in the 200 meters we got kung fu kenny aaron brown aaron brown king joe arian knighton joseph josephus lyles noah lyles michael norman and uh alexander angando from from uh porter dominican republic who's running nasty at the world championships as well i think he's only like 22 years old that dude's nice he's he's super nice but uh yeah, that, that 200 is going to be nice, Aaron. And you got, you got some insight, too? You're on an IG Live or something? Yo, shout out Track World News. Put on a great IG Live tonight. I was on there chilling, you know, just listening in when I could. They, they be going for like three hours, bro. I, so I, I can't hop in because I'll get stuck. But uh, <laughs> Noah was on there, man. He said world record watch, you know. He said he coming with vengeance for sure. Just ran 1931. So he said, might as well, you know. Watch out. And like you said, look at the field, bro. He ain't got he ain't got to run rounds. And you know, Arion, Arion gonna come in there, do his thing, and he don't like losing. So he gonna come after him. And I I really think Arion didn't get his best start at at a Worlds. So if he gets an even better start, if he gets a better start this time, Noah's start was amazing. But 
to really be pushing him. I think Kenny, Kung Fu Kenny has felt disrespected this entire year from coming off of being the Olympic silver medalist. And everyone kind of low-key, people were kind of counting him out. Shoot, I may have counted him out a little bit. So I think that these boys is about to do something, something crazy. I'm also interested in Michael Norman dropping down. Now he has that monkey off of his back with the world title. Yeah, I'm sure yeah, like he's yeah. just feeling like, woo, like, you know, nice and loose. So I, I'm wondering what, what he's going to run too. But 19-3 was crazy to see live, bro. I can't. That's crazy that the world record is even faster than that, to be honest. Yeah, he said world record watch. Hold on, bro. 1919, that world record? That that's what he said, bro. <laughs> that's what he said. Bro, that would be wild. That would be really something. I would love to see that. I would love to see that. That would be crazy. Like that would be wow. World record 1919 is insane. We'll see. You know, go go ahead and do your thing. But I'm really I'm really interested in Michael Norman to see what he does. Open up the season in 1981, I believe it was 1981, 1982, something around there. So I'm really interested to see this is gonna be the first 200 since that uh, race in Mount Sac back in April, and like you said with that monkey off his back. But also Joe, uh, Joseph Ambule, like I think this dude, he he was he was mad after he didn't get to beat Arion. Like Arion like smacked him earlier in the year too there in, at LSU when uh, he ran that 19 Ambule was on Joseph, that live like, too. Like, I was I was telling you Joseph going to get top three, and he was right there. Like he almost got it, right? He almost got it. So I think he's super hungry going into this race as well. And what about Josephus, bro? What do you think he's going to he at, at uh, ATL? I think he almost ran sub 10. He ran like 10.0 flat. What's his yeah, PR? You ran 10.02 or 10.03. I think he ran 10.04 and then came back and ran 10.03, something like that. I think Josephus is going to run under, like, I think with, he's going to definitely run under 20 again. Like, you know, like he's getting more and more consistent. With that, like, I think it's like, that's just a great sign of the 200 getting even stronger and stronger. You know what I mean? So I think he'll definitely be under 20 again. He like, he may shoot. If he goes 198, that would be crazy. But I think he'll definitely be under 28 again. And I think that's just great signs for like him going forward to where like next year in the 200, we're going to be talking about like, no, nah, this dude, like he, he can, he can sneak on this team, but it's going to be hard. You know, it's definitely going to be hard. Like. But it's four spots. It's four spots. You know what I mean? Oh, because, so. yeah, they got the world champ. We got the world champ. But it could be five if one of them – I don't know if they're going to – Oh, someone wins win the, the Diamond, Diamond League. League. Someone else? Yeah. That that would be – that would be crazy. I think it works like that. It should work like that. I think so. Yeah. yeah. But so – then – Oh, go ahead, Aaron. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just interested for, for Michael, man. Like, do we see – he's the – do we see him at an event next year? You know what I mean? He always plays around with these events after like the championship with the 200 and stuff, even the one sometimes it's like, now that he has a title, does he start playing around with the events more? Or do you think that he feels like he needs to get another championship and maybe like a world record before he starts moving like that? Cause I know we were talking about that a little earlier. I think it may be, uh, I think it may take him to go Actually, I really don't know. Like, I could see him just running the two and the one next year. Like, honestly, just I just the two and the one. Yeah, I could see him doing that because, like, Fred Curley did it. And if he feels confident enough in his ability to just go down and run the two and the one, like, why not do that? And, like, he won't have to shed off as much. I'm pretty sure. Like, he won't have to shed off as much weight, right? Like, if he's running the two and the one compared to, because, you know, he like being big, like, man, wearing an extra small for his uniform. 
You feel me? <laughs> so like, <laughs> I think that uh, I feel like I could definitely see him like doing that sooner than earlier. But like, he's still still fairly young. So I I would say probably more Olympic time or maybe the year after year after Olympics, uh, like twenty twenty four indicating. But uh, uh, I I don't know. Like I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting to see if he decides to move up, but. I think the two this 200 possibly could be very, very telling of that, you know, like That's he's able to run a good 200 time and everything like that could be telling. But I need somebody to go do that for two double. You feel me? Like somebody need to go out there. Ain't do nobody that trying to do double. all that. No one's trying to do all that. Maybe Fred. Right? Nah, I don't think nobody trying to nobody trying to step with that. When Michael did that, he had to run four rounds of the 400 too. Sheesh. So. I don't know if anyone's trying to do all that, bro. But like speaking of like switching events, bro, about Sydney. Sydney out there gonna run a 400 meter hurdle event. That world record going down again. And if that world record goes down again, you think that's more indicator of like she's switching events, or you think she needs to break 50 yet? Or I, I know she's just gonna talk to Bobby and they're gonna decide. But like, do you feel like the indicator will come if she breaks 50 seconds or breaks the world record again? Or you think no matter what, like they're going to do what they do next season. I don't know. Like, maybe I, I, I low-key don't want her to – I don't want her to switch low-key. Like, I like the 400 hurdles. I think it's a dope event. And, like, I want to see her break 50. Like, that seems, like, insane. That doesn't seem possible. But <laughs> if she was to break 50, then it's like, okay, go do that event. But until then, like, I kind of want to just see her keep running this and keep destroying people. I don't know – when she is gonna switch or if that's really a thing but i like seeing her watch i like seeing her run the 400 hurdles bro I really she's do. definitely gonna switch bro like at some point like in the next two years she's switching like the fact that she every single interview that she had after world championships she brought up the fact of like oh yeah i'm gonna talk to bobby we're gonna see we're gonna analyze this season even if i this is an event i should keep on doing like there are discussions about switching events because like what she, if the lilla switches too what if the lilla she switches hasn't done, she hasn't broken 47 in the 400 break 47 in the 400 yes you think she can run 46 if anybody bro. can do it sydney mcclough 46 bro dude that would be that would be i i couldn't imagine that that'd be insane 46 bro you know what you're saying That's i know what i'm crazy. saying bro. you know what we saw bro you know what we saw at the world championships like i never thought i could see like she was running so i never seen a woman run that fast before in my life 47 like, will be fast with 46 the see, only other person i seen run that fast in my life was elaine another woman run that fast was elaine thompson that was yeah, the only other woman I seen run that like we form at that high of a level. And I think Sydney was even crazier because she was destroying women that were right next to her a year ago. Like, and she just easily split a 47 with no one around her. Like she she could split a 46, bro. I mean, that's yeah, I would be I would love to see that. I would love to see her break 50 and then go do that. If she breaks 50, she can run 46 straight up. She can like, run 46, bro. She I don't know if she can run it right now. But besides her, yeah. Britton Wilson is also in the race. Took fourth at at took fourth at the world championships. Straight out of college. Um, also, she was on that four by four team. Had a really good leg, a really good 48 leg. 
I really feel like she is like the real deal and could be like the future of the 400 hurdles, bro. Almost definitely fifth after world championships after like a whole season. Like, no, yeah, Brittany Wilson's nice, bro. She's nice. We need her on the podcast, no cap. Most definitely. And I was thinking, who else went to Arkansas? I think Karan Clements went to Arkansas. Who else? They they've produced like some real hitters in the 400 hurdles. Uh, damn, I think Karan Clements. No, he went to Florida. He went to Florida. Shamir. Uh, no, no, never mind. I can't remember off the top of my head. Oh, was it Shamir? No, no, she was saying him. My bad. My bad. I can't remember off the top of my head. But she's in that race too, 5308. Do you think we could see her? You know, man, she's still running. This is a really long season, to be honest. But can we see a 52 out of her? You know what I mean? 52 oh, was definitely world doable, record you know? watch that's back in the doable. day. Just a just a just a you know. Just a week ago, 52 used to be like the world record, 52 low. Now that's nothing. <laughs> that's definitely doable, but it's like, yeah, that, that could definitely happen. But it's no rush, too. You know what I mean? It's no rush. Like, she going out there, getting that international experience and everything. I think that's what it's probably really all about. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. let's go over to Monaco, get you that international experience for next year. Because next year, World Championships, we're going to be in Budapest and everything. So... I think that way may would be more what it's about for her going out there, but I think breaking that fifty three barrier got to be on her mind. Like you would, it would have to be. But uh, she's definitely the future, like uh, the growing future of the four hundred meter hurdles. And definitely, if soon enough, Sigma McLaughlin leaves the four hundred meter hurdles, it just opens up the door, you know, for somebody to go take it, like to take a championship that year. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's the. It's a good time to be a, a great 400-meter hurdler, you know, a great woman for 400-meter hurdler. And also, I would be curious because I remember at, at Worlds, she was saying that she's known Sydney since high school. Um, So her going on this trip and getting to see how Sydney operates and moves overseas, I'm pr pretty sure that's going to be a really good, good experience for her um, to learn, you know, about the pro-life and how that is traveling to Europe, doing these big races, how to prepare and stuff. So good, good, good future, good future. But also another big race happened over at Monaco. We can see another world record in these one tens, bro. Grant Holloway, Trey Cunningham. We get Hansel who, well, he was hurt. He got hurt or something right before world. So we get to see him finally match up against Grant that Olympic rematch um daniel roberts fell at, at, at worlds as well too a lot of drama in that race but this world record needs to go down bro like i'm tired of this i'm no offense aries but we've been too close to this world record too many times monaco is the track that it always gets done at do we finally see this world record go down bro yeah I guess I don't know. I don't know because you know, last I thought I thought Grant was gonna run faster at the World Championships. Like honestly, I thought he was gonna. I thought we we're gonna see some twelves. Do you feel me? I thought we we're gonna see some twelves out there, but uh, we just we just saw thirteen. You know, we saw thirteen on one, which is fast, which is great. You know, but I think we've been spoiled over the years. You know what I mean? But I think definitely, why not? Why not? Grant's in great shape. Like the dude, the dude's a killer. And like you gotta remember too, like he started his season late. Like this is like it's true. Pro championships had to been is I don't have it in front of me, but it had to been like his seventh or 
or eighth 110 meter hurdle race of the year like going all through those rounds and what out of all those he's only really ran like four real races because like can can counting like the individual races he ran before usa's and then the usa final then world championships he's only ran like four or five like all out good effort 110 hurdle races so like to say that a world record could happen in the next four weeks through the diamond league circuit like that's definitely a great possibility for grant holloway like it's going to be it's going to be awesome to see like exactly what he does but bro anything anything can happen when grant holloway steps on the line and the 110 meter hurdles you know what i mean yeah bro this this man this man definitely is you know goat level double two-time world champion he just needs to get that olympic silver medalist just needs that olympic champion title world record title and we're we, we talking about one of the greatest bro like to be honest no no facts behind like, his name right now definitely he's able to win the world championships next year he's able to win through you know world championships next olympics and everything like that like he's going up there for like the greatest 110 meter hurdler of all time like more people you put i've been seeing on twitter like people remember disrespecting this man's name too bro i'm all like what like bro Ooh. Bro, people been disrespecting this man's name, bro. Grant Hall. I mean, I, Mike Holloway had to get on some people on Twitter. You feel me? I don't want to say someone's name because I don't know. I'm not completely sure who it was. I want to make sure. But there was just some people like disrespecting, like, bro, he he gonna lose the hands tool. This dude's a choke artist. What? Like, saying stuff like that. Like, I was like, wow, that's crazy. You gonna say that about the Wonder Boy, Grant Holloway? Like, that's that's bold, bro. That's bold. I would never say that about this man. I would never like. Come on, bro. He, like people got bad races all the time. Sometimes they don't show up. Sometimes he Grant even alluded to bro, it. his bad race. Like sometimes he takes a look over it, like the last hurdle when it's close, you know. But but the thing is, this man's shape, bad race. Like he always did it. This man's bad race is an Olympic silver medal. Like come on, man, that's your bad race. It is. That's your B day. Like that's that's crazy, bro. If this dude and this dude is 24 years old, bruh, like, like you said, like the timing, what you were saying about this golden age of track and field in the podcast is so true because we have so many of these dudes who are like 24, like Michael Norman is 25. Like I was, he was like getting on me for calling him old. He's 25. Grant Holloway is 24. Noah Lau is about like 24. So it's like Grant Holloway, like you said. He's 24 years old. He already's a two-time world champion, Olympic silver medalist. Let's say he wins next year, three-time, three-time world champion. Then the Olympics come. Let's say he gets a gold medal, three-time Olympic champion, three-time world champion. Let's say he gets the world record, world record. By the time we get to 2028, 20, that's four years from now. He's gonna be 28. But you know how much this man is going to have racked up? We're going to be talking about him being potentially the greatest. Like, we already talking about that. He only 24, bro. So it's like... People just disrespecting this man's name, bro. They really have. Another person that people often do disrespect in a way, but, hey, he about to put respect on a new program, like, honestly, bro. I feel like people do disrespect this man's name, but they going to make them respect and just see that, like, I ain't no one-hit wonder. Let me tell you, Sean Bronson, Newberry Park's head coach, is leaving Newberry and going to UCLA, home of the palm trees, home of the Bruins, home of the sunshine in Southern California. Sean Bronson is going to be the head. He's going to be assistant 
uh, track and field coach or the assistant coach. Of, is he assistant coach across country? He's a cross country coach at UCLA. He's he's gonna take over duties. Like that's what you need to know. Sean Bronson is there, and he's looking to turn UCLA around, bro. Like this is this this is a crazy deal, bro. Especially for somebody that coaches in the in the California CIF section, like. Newburgh Park just moved to D2 as well. Like, this may be a great thing for our team, bro. <laughs> Yo, I think that, honestly, congratulations to Sean Bronson. Oh, for real. People do hate on him, but I, I, I'm a Sean Bronson fan. I'm a, I'm a fan of his mentality and everything, too. He really does care for his kids and everything. I think this is great, great for UCLA. UCLA, you know, unfortunately, historically, you know, people hate on them. They people say that they 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 don't turn kids around. You know what I mean? But shout out, shout out my boy oh. Lane Worley. Shout out my boy Lane Worley. He did his thing there. He did his thing. But I think this is good. I think this is good for UCLA. I think that he ha he's been having the mentality of a college coach, the way he's been training training these kids. But it's also like we've seen what he can do with talent already. You know what I mean? You see what he could do with some some good talent he, he, he take them to that he could take them to the next level he get them there so i'm sure that he's gonna have success in, in college and and that boy i know he can recruit bro i know that boy can recruit his personality that dude can can recruit for sure so i know he has connections to all the coaches in the state so UCLA, man, I still think it's going to be a grind for them to get there. But Joshua, does this mean the the twins, they come to UCLA? Is, is Nico in, in the transfer portal? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like yo, what, is this, what does this indicate, indicate for, the, for the young brothers? Is there a chance that they end up at UCLA? I think there's definitely more of a chance that Leo and Lex end up at UCLA than Nico being the transfer portal, or maybe even Colin. There may Aaron? be a greater chance that Colin ends up in the transfer portal, but I still feel that like I don't think that will, that would happen. But like I think there is a chance that Leo and Lex do go there. You know what I mean? The glitz like, and the glamour and UCLA being like being doing the videos and stuff. That's what I was just about to go to and to allude to. Like these dudes like love making videos. They like love to edit. Like that's what the, I don't know if that's like what they their dream and the passion is to be a film director or anything like that or go into film. But if that is, UCLA the perfect place to do that. Like mm -hmm. most definitely, that's the perfect place to do that and to be. So I think, but just the fact that like I think Leon likes that has to be it has to be an attractive location for you. But just looking at UCLA's past, love a lot of love for UCLA. Uh, but like UCLA hasn't been doing the best statistically through the past couple of years, you know what I mean? As it compares to what UCLA can be, you know what I mean? Like UCLA is a power five school, like they, they, they can be better, they can be better. And I think Sean Bronson has the potential to be there, but to get they bring them up to that level, it's gonna be super interesting. The big 12 see, now, uh, you said what? Yeah, and they're in the big 12 now. Oh yeah, they're gonna switch. Oh, that's crazy. So that's even gonna make it even bigger implications. I think they're gonna so Michigan, uh, Ohio, Michigan State. Um, who else oh. in that conference? Nebraska. Um, they ain't better. Than, are they better than the Pac-12? They ain't really. That's like the same though. And like cross country or track. Yeah. And track, I would definitely say the Pac-12 is probably. Well, USC's not there no more for track. So 
they got Oregon though. But for cross country, it's gonna be around the same or better. I mean, who's in the Big Twelve? Michigan is pretty good. I mean, Michigan State is gonna be decent. Isn't the big? Isn't it the Big Ten? No, it's the Big or Ten. Is it the Big Ten or the Big? Oh my bad. Well, it's ten. It's twelve now because it's in. But like it's fourteen. Like there's already like twelve teams in the. Uh, That's big crazy, 10. right? But Penn State's in the Big Ten. Purdue, Indiana, uh, Michigan, Rutgers. Yeah, cross like country schools. Like honestly, it's like the same. Well, I don't know, but you don't got like Colorado, like UCLA. UCLA may be the best team in this conference. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm saying you got Michigan. All I'm saying is it's spreading. It's 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 spreading their reach. If they were to go there and they were to be doing their videos, and then like you know they would be like going to NAU every single summer to to run uh, with their brother and all their friends up there and everything too. So it could low key be. That could be kind of cool. That could be kind of cool. But like, also, would you want like the same coach for eight years? Um, it, like, would yeah. you want your high school? I feel like a lot of people when they come out of high school, they're like, I want something different. You know, like I want to experience some different part of life. Well, so Alan go. Webb did that. Alan Webb was coached by his high school coach. And then did he switch in college? ramp like one year and then like he ended up going back to his high school high school coach so sometimes like if it ain't broke like you know it depends it depends yes i think that would be super that would be super interesting though like i think i would love to see like leo and lex like i think that would be cool like that would be cool just to see that progression and i have a lot of i have faith in the dude sean bronson to be honest like if i was going if i was at ucla and sean bronson was like our new coach like i'd be like okay this is kind of Kind of crazy. It's kind of a crazy move because, like, Sean Bronson is a little eccentric. Let's be real now. He's a, he's a go-getter, though. Like, huh? He's a go-getter. That's why I like him. Like, like he's, he's going to make he's it like happen. A, uh, he's like, a, uh, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, I'm trying to, this is no disrespect, no disrespect. But he's like, uh, you, have you ever seen, like, uh, the Newmans, Julian Newman's dad, bro? Stop. Like not like that, bro. He's like on Lavar Ball, Julian Newman's dad. Nah, don't say movie. Julian Newman, though. Come on, <laughs> don't say that. You can say Lavar Ball. Don't say Julian Newman's dad. That dude's just a finesser. That dude ain't a real good coach or nothing, though. I don't you know, know nobody. Like, Lavar he actually, has like the celebrity of that in like cross country, you know. Yeah. So you're all like, oh, this dude. Like I could see how people could be thrown off by that because like, can this man really? Maybe he just has really talented people. But the fact that, like, he already spends a month, he, already, he just came off of spending a month in Big Bear, like, with his team, like, with his high school team. Like, this That's man tight. was building Newberry Park as, like, a college. Like, there's not going to be no transition. There's not going to be no big transition. You know how people talk about, like, they're, like, NFL for NFL coaches. They're always all, like, it's always hard for NCAA coaches and in, 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 in football to switch over to the NFL because they talk to their 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 coaches, their, to their athletes as, like, as like little kids like they don't treat him as men you know but like he's gonna have no problem having that transition from high school to college because he already kind of treats them like college athletes like i think he already understands like everyone calls him sean on the team they just call him sean they don't call him coach bronson mr bronson yeah. like, i would say like i feel like it's hard to say it's not like i've been a coach but i think in high school it's probably easier to connect with the kids but i feel like college if you're at the right school, 
could be easier if because kids must might be more bought in off the jump. But at the same time, in college, if a kid isn't bought in, that's a grown person. Like, they're just not bought in. You can't really, like, control them or anything like that. But, but I it's feel also like a smaller the, team. It's a smaller team. But that's what he had at Newberry Park. He had people that were, like, bought in. You know what I mean? Like, I'm pretty sure those kids spent they, those kids spent a lot of time with Sean, bro. Like, they spent a lot of time with this dude. And, like, that's the same thing. That's already what you kind of get in college. It's going to be, like, they're just going to spend a lot of time with this dude. And that's, like, really all that he has to do now. Like, yeah, it's going to work out, bro. Like, UCLA may be nice, bro. They may win NCAAs this year. I'm just playing. But. <laughs> hey, but other than that, you know, speaking of college, I just want to touch on this briefly, man. There was a lot of Twitter, a lot of people upset on Twitter, man. You know, boy oh, Ray, you your boy Ray, this. your boy Ray was causing a ruckus, man, saying college athletes uh, shouldn't be competing at the world stage. You know what I mean? Because it's taking away opportunities from other pros or whatever. You know, we don't got to go deep into this, but you you had a good take on it. You know what I mean? Uh, I, if you're willing to share, like, what this dude was trying to say, you know what I mean? And what do you oh, think? What about do I think he was trying to say? What What do you think he was? What was he trying to say by saying okay. by saying college athletes shouldn't be able to compete at the Olympics and Worlds? And then, well, he wasn't even saying just the Olympics at Worlds. He was saying that college athletes shouldn't be able to compete at the USA's. Like they should declare to be a professional and le- in order for them to compete at USA's to compete in professional competition. I don't know if he meant professional competition entirely. But I know he meant USA's, the Olympics, World Championships. You have to leave your your program to declare as a pro in a way. And he got a lot of criticism for that. And I think understandably so. Like I I, I don't I don't totally. I'm sorry, there was a fly. I, I disagree. Right what are you saying? Like I think college athletes should compete in Olympics. Like I think it's dope. I think that's what makes track and field super great is that we can have that interaction. Anything if you have great college season, you can go on be pro and like that. But I think what he's really just trying to do is like, and people coming at him hard, even though like I, I disagree with what he's saying, but I kind of understand. I kind of understand in a way because he wants to make like the professional, he wants to make being professional mean more. If you have it, yeah. someone like an Abby Steiner just dominating, you know, the college level, and then they become, and they come to the USA's worlds and they're, they're still dominating. They're doing super good and everything like that. But like, they're still a collegiate athlete. And that person's not getting paid straight out of pocket. Now, now, granted, she is not professional with Puma or anything like that. But like when that when that contract start, that contract didn't really go through until after USA's. But he's saying that, that contract should happen before USA's or anything like that. But like just becoming a professional, he wants to make becoming a professional athlete, a professional track and field athlete, a big deal. And even if that starts with you getting like a small deal straight out of straight out of college like that it can increase 10 years from now that when you are dropping out of college to become a professional athlete where you're making that big decision to run at USA's because when you run at USA's, you can no longer compete for Florida or UCLA or USC. You can no longer compete for these schools. You're getting like that 1 million, 2 million, 3 million type of type of deal. So I think he's trying to hold professional professional athletes at a higher standard and bring them up onto a pedestal instead of them being on the same pedestal as collegiate NCAA athletes being seen on the same level. He's just trying I don't to totally perf- agree on that point because I feel like there's other ways that you can do that. 
but I think that's what he's trying to say. I don't, yeah. That's so bad. I don't think that's really bad, but that just goes against know. the sport though, because like he's basically just trying to professionalize the sport because track and field is an amateur sport. Anybody can anybody can enter an all comers race, and if you hit the qualifying mark, you get to go to USA's and you compete to run at the trials. Like even like there is no other sports like that. You have to get some type of licensing or like some type of commission before to be like a professional. Like track and field is an amateur sport. So like anyone could just enter it and do it. Like at the for boxing, I think uh they were talking about this on the live on the for boxing. Like it's a it's a at the Olympics, those are amateurs. And then when you're pro, you're pro. You can't go into Olympics as a professional. So like it's a, a we're we're an amateur sport. So he's trying to find a way to professionalize it. But I'm with you. I still don't I don't agree with that because that's just like the essence of track and field is like, you know, if you're good enough, it's the best people just come to race and you could try and get onto the team. You know, anyone could do it. And I, I don't know. I there's a lot of reasons. I don't want to go too deep into this, but I just don't also I don't feel like professionalizing it in that way. I don't I don't think that's gonna make brands raise the level of money that they're giving to people to to run you know and i think yeah i just don't think that's i just don't think that's the solution i don't think that's gonna make brands want to get more money there's only so many i mean there's there's definitely college athletes at the top of their game but there's you know far and few between so it's like they're still gonna be those people not making a lot of money doing track like I still don't think that's the solution is not allowing people the chance to compete for their country because we're not talking yeah. about competing for the Lakers or the or the or the Rams or like a business. You're not competing for a actual business entity. You're competing for your country. So I don't think that we should try and try and try and limit that, to be honest. I just don't think that's what the sport's about. Yeah, I I think it's cool that you can just run a certain time and then like puts you into like I think that's 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 dope. And, like looking in the back at uh the news with Elias Garcia, shout out to Mount Sac, you feel me? Like yeah. wherever you think about the nine eight eight that he ran, like that put him on the map and then he proved himself the dude went all the way to the semifinals in the hundred, you feel me? At at, at USA. It's like he was in the semifinals in the hundred and like whatever you think of the nine eight nine eight eight was like that was at a random JUCO meet and now he's at USA's and one of the fastest people in the world. You know he's counting on that list for a little bit. So I think it's dope that you can just run something then you're in the conversation. Like it's all numbers. Like that's the, that's what it is. I, I don't know. I think can you professionalize? Can you make just the countries businesses like, or should we just do away with countries and just make them all just teams? And I don't know. I'm just thinking. I don't know. People always be throwing out stuff on how to fix track and field. So that's just a deep, a deep talk. But this is one of the real ones. So I just wanted to get into it because I've been seeing a lot of people talk about it. I had some people ask me about it, too, a long time ago. And it just that conversation not going away for some reason. <laughs> so just want to put it on. Another thing I wanted to ask you about, too, right now, what's happening is the Commonwealth Games. And like where? Birmingham, uh, London, uh, London, the United Kingdom. Now, I don't know nothing about these the, the Commonwealth <laughs> Games, bro. Like, I think it's in London, but I think it started July 28th, goes to August 8th. Um, 
guess it's the Commonwealth Association of 56 countries, you know, in the Commonwealth. America's has not participated in that, but it's like, bro, I don't even know where to watch this. I don't know who's racing in it. Like, what is your interest in the Commonwealth Games? Would you watch it? If it was on NBC or Peacock, would you be keeping up with it right now? Do people keep uh, up with this? You said, do I? No, do are people really watching it like that? Because I would if I knew if it was on NBC, I would watch it low key. Well, I guess the times would be crazy. If it was on Peacock, I would definitely peep it. You know, I would definitely check it out. But like, we ain't in it too, so like, you know, like I don't know, bro. Like I, I honestly don't know. Like, why is it so close to the World Championships? Like, World Championships literally just happened. Like, that's one of the reasons I seen Shelly Ann's not going to race in it. Shelly Ann Fraser Price. Because it's so close to so close to world championships and she need a break. You feel me? Like she can't. Oh, she doesn't. Well, she's about to run Monaco, but she needs some like she ain't trying to run another like six rounds. You know what I mean? Another three rounds. Like you feel me? So I don't know why it's so close. You know, I'm more interested in the U20s, to be honest. But even even U20s, it's like, where do you watch that? I feel like that should be a bigger. I feel like that me should be bigger. Like we should be talking about that. I don't know. It should be like low key Little League World Series vibes. Like, you know, like something like what's bigger than Little League? It's the world, bro. Like, I want to know like who's racing, what time. Like, I feel like we should just be hyping that, hyping that meet up because there's like people in that meet that in like two. Wait, years, hold on. You said you know, Little League World Series, bro? That was low key kind of what? With Little, I guess Little League. Little it should be like NCAA's. Like, why'd you say Little That's League true. World Series? Little, little, little <laughs> League World Series is huge, bro. I know, but I'm just it's saying. It's huge. Like, these things 18, 19 years That's old, true. They're in middle school. It's younger than, it's younger than, NCAA, they're younger than NCAA athletes, though. Some but of like, them. some of them are faster, too, though. Like, that's a yeah. thing. But, but, you know, it just speaks all to, like, why? Like, why aren't, why, why isn't this me? Like, I don't know. Why is there not more money behind it, right? Like, why don't I know when Julia Whitaker's racing? Like, at least like these top athletes or something, bruh. Like, I don't know. I also feel like too, it's like kind of I'm I'm tired, but I'm just saying, like, I feel like too, like Oh, my bad, my bad. I did that. What the heck? Like, I think also just the fact that I like I'm tired right now. Like, I think people are. Like the world championships just happened. World championships were 10 days. That's a long time. That's draining. That's a long Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like that was our Super Bowl. That was 10 days long. You know what I mean? And then like we still have competitions after that. Like that's tiring. And I had that like track, like track fatigue, low key rails. Like, dang, bro, can I watch? Can I catch up on something real quick? Can I catch up on 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 uh Obi Wan Kenobi? Like you feel me? <laughs> Wait, that's out. <laughs> Can I go watch Nope, bro? Like I'm trying to go watch yeah, Nope. I had to go watch Nope. I had to go watch Nope yesterday. I had to go see that. That was good. Yeah, I watched Nope too. Like I, I did go watch Nope. You feel me? Like, but I'm just saying, like some people may not got t- some people need time for that. Like I can't be watching track 24 seven. Like come on, how are you gonna give me ten days of world championships? It was cool, great experience. Thank you uh eugene 2022 for uh having us come out there and be in the mix zone i really do appreciate it but 10 days right that's a long time that's you want to shorten the world championship bro most definitely we could do that in two days now i'm just saying we could do two that in four 
We do that four days at least, bro. Like, I'm cool with it being. Bro, I'm honestly cool with it being ten. I'm honestly cool with it being okay. ten, bro. Like, it's a lot of money. I mean, at least for me, us, like we're media, so we didn't have to like pay for tickets. It's a lot of money to have to pay for tickets every single day, but I like the festival vibes. Like you're going to a festival. How so many festivals are ten days long, bro? Uh, Burning Man. That's one. That's like that. That's like, the craziest one. Bro, that's what I'm saying. Let's make this lit. Like, come on. Bro, you talking about you want, people, you want people on ecstasy, like dancing yes. around. <laughs> that whole boy, yes, bro. Like, we if that's what it takes, bro. Burning Man is people love Burning Man, bro. True, true. But I'm just saying, like, USA's was four days. Like, we could do that. We could do this in four days. Like, just imagine, like, you do this too. You do it and like you have you have like so many great races in a single day. And I think it's cool to focus on just like just this, just that. And it's gonna be hard, but like I don't know. I think it would just be I think it would be I think it'd be better. Like definitely a little bit shorter, but you can cut you can cut that in half, bro. You can cut that in half for sure. Like world championships, that's 10 days a long time, bro. 10 days is a long time. That was too long to be in Eugene. Shout out, shout out Eugene, but I was and out there like, for more getting, than 10 days. That was crazy. You're getting some stuff some days and like people are just checking in, checking in back in. Cause I had some of my, some of my kids on my team, like they checked out the world championships, but it was like, oh, like this girl, she was saying, I was watching the 800s and there's a lot of falling and stuff. Then she didn't watch the other time, but it was like, I was like, oh, so you're watching like the first round. Like she didn't even see the final round, but like, that's just the day that she was able to see it or watch it or whatever it was. But like the fact that you just knew that it was, it was, um, What's it called? It's a uh, must-see programming, you know? Like, if it, it would, the track, of, I think the World Championships would be much more must-see TV if it was, like, four days instead of 10, you know, in a way. Like, if definitely if you get Sid McLaughlin, like, Sid McLaughlin just breaks the world record. All right, now we got a 5K. Like, people may stay around and watch this 5K. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't want to go too deep, you Cause like, there's a lot of content that could come from ten days though, from True. just dominate. Like if you do it the right way, to just dominate. Like it's like when when tennis is on, like the U.S. Open, and then on ESPN, like everything shuts down. Then every I'm not a tennis fan, but tennis. But even just, the U.S. Open. How long is the U.S. Open? How long is when? It's probably about a week. Like those, some of those tournaments, they feel like they're like a week, like a whole week. They, it's just like, bro. Oh, dang. When was this? 14 days, bro. That's what I'm saying. Those are, and they, they just dominate ESPN all that time. And then if you do it right, like the content you could get from interviews, performances, there could be so much just drama and built up every day. It's like watching your favorite you're watching your favorite TV show on Marathon, which so it's really exciting for sure. If you're like a track fan, this is where Michael Johnson might be like, oh, well, the outside person might not want to watch it. But I don't know. I think the more that we get into track, bro, like going to Worlds for me, like for me, it really uh, was like a full circle moment and allowed me to like really like see the sport for what it is and like Track is just like a beautiful sport. Track for to me is like the essence of sport. It's like anyone can enter. 
and the whole the pinnacle of track and field is getting to the world stage to represent something bigger than yourselves whether that's the world championships or olympics it's not getting on to the new york giants or the yankees or the lakers and making a money, bunch of money it's not about money it's about representing representing and putting on for you for your for your people and then like it's true it's like the truest type of competition too you know so but you don't like, think you could have got that in five days <laughs> No, I'm just saying, like, it's just a traditional sport. That's all I'm saying. It's just like a traditional sport. And there's some things about track and field that, like, we have to learn. We have to figure out how to make it work within what we have. Like, I don't know. Maybe maybe we could make it happen in five days, less prelims or something. I, I don't know how you do that. There's so many. You don't have to make it less events. prelims. You just make more time, you, you know? And you just put, like... You just make five days, all right, all day events for five days. You feel me? Like, just get your barbecue, whatever, these five days, this week. It's bro, the week. track meet, we were leaving the track meet at, at nine o'clock, bro. But that's because it started at five every day. It started but, at six. But what's going to be in the morning sessions? Huh? But then there's morning sessions. Yeah, bro, we could extend that, bro. There was a whole, we were leaving at 9, you feel me? But the meet ended at 7.50. We were leaving at 9.30, but the meet ended at 7.50. We could add a whole other two hours to that. We could be running the 10Ks at 8. That might even, that might be a more of a grind, low-key, but. But I'm just saying we'd had better times, faster times. Like, it's just five days that was like, boom, 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 out, you feel me? And then you can recover a little bit. All right, Monaco coming up. Boom, boom, boom. Like, bro, come on, man. Maybe. I don't know. I, I don't know what all the answers are, man. There's a, there's a lot. There's a lot going on in this sport. But we'll end off with this, man. I definitely feel like Worlds gave me, opened up, widened my perspective a little bit more, for sure, in track and field. It brought me back to my roots of track and field, why I love track and field, too. But... Yeah, I feel like I know a little bit, a little bit something more now about what happens at that world stage. So I can't wait to go to my first Olympics. Can't wait when I get to go to Olympics because that will be that's the that's the biggest, biggest stage, bro. Biggest stage for sure. Yeah, facts, of all but, uh... sports, of all sports, period. You good? You know, I'm good, bro. I'm good. <laughs> but i appreciate you guys listening to the 100th episode of the two black runners podcast i'm gonna go to sleep now uh thank you guys for tuning in watching listening 100 episodes love you all that good stuff bro we'll see y'all next week on two black tuesday let's get yes, it sir 100 more coming your way yeah.